It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Happy Friday. Happy Ferg Friday, everyone. It's Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joins us. Jay Ferg, what a fun week it has been to kind of start. It's not really the offseason yet, but I mean, I, I guess it might as well be. A um, bunch of uh, coaching news is, and rumors and and folks entering the transfer portal. Um, the new uh, the new norm, I think, for this time of year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been kind of what I expect, you know, the, the first week after the regular season to become. Um, you know, I think there's some Auburn fans like, whoa, what's happening? There's all these people entering the portal. It's like, Guys, this is pretty much going to happen uh, everywhere. Um, I think Wisconsin has a ton of teams, uh, players in the portal right now, and they like almost went to the Big Ten title game this year. Right. So, like, this is just this is just going to be kind of kind of the norm moving forward. I think. How many more do you think is a reasonable expectation? They're definitely going to get to seven. I feel confident in that, so they can get the whole you know scholarship bump and, and not let things count against that number. But, um. I mean, is it is this it for this wave? And then maybe some guys transfer during spring? It might be. That might be the case. I, I would expect maybe around the bowl game, maybe a little after the bowl game, maybe you might see another little run of it. Um, yeah, I think guys are trying to get into the portal right now, though, because, you know, it's it's a numbers game. And so many high schoolers sign in the early period, so many Juco players sign in the early period that they don't want to, I think a lot of people learned the lesson from the last yeah. uh, the last portal class where it's just like, oh, there's not enough spots left. Yikes. All right. Well, we need to do something about that. Um, so wasn't surprised to see the number of players who went in uh, earlier in the uh, earlier in the week. Not surprised of the players themselves. Um, biggest uh, shock I of the five. I've, what's up? What was the biggest shock of the five? Maybe Ladarius Tennyson a little yeah. bit just because he was he was the younger guy and and you felt like be some opportunities in the defensive backfield. But on the other hand, there's a number of guys that played a lot this year that are going to be coming back. Um, so uh, I thought uh, no, nothing really kind of surprised me. I think guys are just going to be looking for for better opportunities and better fits, and that's what the whole, whole thing's about. I mean, we just watched two high profile head coaches leave immediately. For, for more money and other jobs. So, I mean, I don't think any player should f- feel faulted at all for, for making the best decision they, they can, and that's part of the reason why this whole thing exists. Yeah, no, the shift towards uh, giving power to the players has definitely been something I yep. think has made the sport better, especially this time of... Oh, for sure. I mean, it's definitely yeah. made the offseason better. I don't think there's any mm-hmm. argument uh, against that. But um, obviously, the news happening... Uh, late Monday with, with reports confirming that Mike Bobo is out as Auburn's offensive coordinator. And then obviously yeah. speculation then turns to, okay, who's next? Jay Ferg, the name I'm seeing more and more of, and it seems to be legitimate, is, um, and I'm actually a little paranoid that it's going to be announced before <laughs> before this episode <laughs> goes up, but it seems like Arizona State's offensive coordinator, Zach Kill, appears to be 
the most likely candidate at this point. Yeah, that's the name that kind of made sense to me a ton whenever it was announced. Because I think the thing is, is that whoever is going to be the next offensive coordinator, Auburn's going to have familiarity with Brian Harson. Right. Zach Hill, uh, obviously, you know, was his former offensive coordinator at Boise State. Uh, has been at uh, Arizona State for the last few years. Had a really good uh, offense with with uh, Jaden Daniels last season. This year, kind of kind of tailed off a little bit. Arizona State wasn't quite as good, but there was a lot of other stuff surrounding that program with NCAA uh, violations and stuff like that. So, right. um, I think uh, you know it's it's about familiarity. It's about comfort. I mean, whoever the next offensive coordinator is going to be at Auburn, we don't know if it's a good hire or a bad hire. And we're not going to know that until nine, ten, eleven months from now, right? So, yeah. You know, I think the big thing is if you want to eyeball it, it's that Brian Harson's got to get a guy that he believes that he can work with well, that, you know, is is compatible with him and what he believes that, that his offense should look like, and then build from there. Um, you know, if you're going to give a head coach, you know, this opportunity and put the pressure on him to succeed, um, there's no reason to uh, kind of handcuff him anyway or saying you have to get a guy from the SEC or you have to get a guy – from the from bats, I don't necessarily think that was 100% what happened with Mike Bobo. I just think when you get a new hire in place, let the man do it on his own terms. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't work, well, start you over. Gave him the, I mean, you gave him the tools that you, you gave him the tools that he thought he needed to succeed. That's that's all you can do. Right. Does it bother you at all that he spells his name Z A K? Because it, it drives me crazy. It's probably one of the weirder ones, right? Like, you know, I had a friend in high school that I had a friend in high school that tried to do that. Like he was Z-A-C-K for a while and then mm-hmm. he tried to become Z-A-K and we didn't really like fully embrace that. Um, so oh, I, uh, I think that, I think that's good. I think that shows that you're a good friend. Like, why would you want somebody it was else like, to go through it was like, uh, he was like, I'm spelling my name this way now. And we're like, okay. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> like, it's like we're used to calling you. So, or I guess this is the thing is also, is like, you're not calling him anything different, but it's just like, no, your name is, your name is C-K. Not, not, not just straight K. It's just so odd to me because, you know, it's, it's all short for Zachary and there's different ways to shorten it. But like, why wouldn't you just shorten it as much as possible? At least Z-A-K makes sense. But unless you're spelling Zachary Z-A-K, yeah, right. It's, it's odd. It's very odd yeah. to me. The Z-A-C-H's are the worst. So I don't like those. Uh, to all the ZACHs out there, um, not, I'm not sorry. As the, not as people, not as people. I just think that's like if we were tiering ways to spell Zach, it would be probably at the bottom. For right, me. and they're like, well, at least well, Zachary is unique. Right, right. But yeah, you're shorting Zachary, and I'm, my response to that is like, okay, well, shorten it all the way then. Like, why would you? Yeah. yeah so, all right, but yeah, I watched uh, before we recorded or uh, started recording, Jay Ferg. I watched Arizona State versus. Um, UCLA, and then some of them playing BYU. A lot of lateral stuff, a lot of swing mm-hmm. passes. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Daniels being a very athletic quarterback, and you know Auburn fans, they, they I'll say it, they're obsessed with Demetrius Davis. Like They're obsessed with the idea of what he could possibly be. Oh, yeah. um, to me, Daniels seems more like Bo Nix to me than D. Davis, but... Yes. That's yeah. that's not a popular opinion. Well, the other thing is, the other thing is, we haven't seen Demetrius Davis play college football yet. That's right. Like we can see what he is in high school, um, but yeah, it is. Uh, I, I think if it is, ends up being Hill, it, having a guy who is some dual threat experience, like because that was the thing with with Bobo is like Bobo had never really had one of those guys in in his past. At least with Hill, like he went there 
to Boise State or from Boise State to Arizona State, inherited a really, really good quarterback, uh, really, really good young quarterback, and has done a really good job. I'm also interested that whole thing. Daniels announced on Thursday that he was staying at Arizona State. Um, and, and I wonder how much of that with the Hill potential of him coming to Auburn, I wonder how much that influences one way or the other. Uh, that's that that was the thing where. When I saw, I was like, "Oh, Jaden Daniels says he's going to stay." Is like, all right, is that a sign that his OC is going to be staying mm-hmm. here, or is it a sign that he might be leaving? Like, you know, I don't cover Arizona State, so I don't know. But I, I do think that that little bit of news was interesting with all the timing. Well, I was talking with our Locked On Sun Devils guys. I was like, "Hey, Zach Hill's name's picking up a lot. Are y'all hearing anything over there?" And they're like, "No, he seems pretty solid. A lot of people thought he would leave, but now that Herm Edwards is like, yeah, you know, they're giving him another year or whatever." Um, they didn't think there was any chance of him leaving. But the more I look and the more I talk to folks, it, it really seems like Zach Hill's the main leader at this point. And it'll be interesting because I also think there are a couple guys that make sense for Auburn that are coaching this weekend. Yes. Um, and that plays a part into it. Um, Jeff Grimes is the one that makes like I think Jeff Grimes is kind of like the checks every box kind of kind mm-hmm. of hire for Auburn. He does have some familiarity with Harson in the past. Uh, at Boise State, they both were dirt cutter guys. Um, then there's uh, another name that I've seen kind of pop up a little bit more recently. And again, this isn't reporting because I'm not a I'm not a reporter. Right. Um, Andy Ludwig at Utah, who uh, was uh, Derek Mason's OC at Vanderbilt, and yes. was like, if you look at SP Plus, they were pretty dang good with him. He's gone to Utah and has had, uh, I believe, three straight top thirty offenses there. They're playing for the Pac-12 title this weekend. And, man, if you want to talk about Auburn trying to get back to what they want to do, go watch Utah and how they decimated Oregon in that first game, just saying, well, we're mean and big and we're just going to just play power football right da- run it right down your throat. And they've had weird quarterback issues since he's been there, and they've still been able to, like, be one of the better teams in the Pac-12. Yeah, and Auburn fans wanting tight ends on the field, and Utah this year, like, led college football with, like, three tight end packages. So mm-hmm. there you yeah. go. There's that, you would, like that one would make a lot of sense. He was Brian Harson's quarterback's coach at Boise State um, and has been – he was the offensive coordinator at Wisconsin. He was the offensive coordinator on the West Coast for a yeah. while. He was at Vanderbilt. Uh, and, like, yeah, his last couple of years at Vanderbilt, those were good Vanderbilt offenses in terms of – Who was the quarterback? SP+. Who was the quarterback for them? Do you remember? I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I can look it up real quick. Yeah, um, cool. Hey, I'll do an ad read real quick. All right. How about yeah, there we go. All right, hey, today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props and odds and lines than ever before as football continues into the playoffs for the NFL and as the bowl season is here, of course, for our college football listeners. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head over to Bet Online's updated desktop or mobile website, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. Also, check out the Locked On um, Podcast Network's main Twitter feed. They put out this infographic from Bet Online um, about you know the, diff- the the heat map throughout the country of state by state who they think should win the Heisman and the odds tied to that. Very interesting. So, Bet Online, where the game starts. Business owners and high-income professionals, listen up. Have you ever considered that by funding a 401k or an IRA, you're potentially creating a massive tax burden on yourself when you retire? Contrary to what you're told by traditional advisors and accountants, a 401k or IRA does not save on taxes. It just postpones the tax and tax calculation. 
Uh, if you want to learn more about this process and the math behind it and how it makes uh, sense, reach out to Ethan Dahl. Ethan Dahl is the owner of Innovative Financial Solutions and has clients all throughout the country, and he is helping their future selves with retirement. Contact Ethan at 251-243-6038 or email them ethan at ethandahl.com. Ethan Dahl, your alternative to traditional financial planning. Our guest today, Justin Ferguson, uh, with the Auburn Observer, Jay Ferg, what uh, what's going on these days at the Auburn Observer? A lot of basketball, a lot of football. Yeah. Um, we're continuing to keep an eye on the offense coordinator search, and if, whenever a hire is made there, we'll have coverage of that. Transfer portal, um, looking into uh, kind of what is the future with Auburn in terms of recruiting, kind of big picture stuff. It's going to be a huge offseason. Um, right. Tuesday I wrote a, a column on uh, what – you know what the Bobo decision means. And it's like, you can't fault Brian Harson and you can't blame him for not going for it. And just trying to like, there's going to be pressure and it's going to be a huge off season. Like Auburn's got to have a lot of things I think go well for them to be set up for success in 2022. So this is the start. Mm-hmm. And yeah, basketball team's playing really, really well right now. Um, in a great stretch of non-conference play, got uh, observations from every game uh and uh you know, podcast all that good stuff uh, auburnobserver.com check it out there yeah. worth every penny absolutely did you find vandy's quarterback while he was there did find, find vandy's quarterback that was a good 2018 offense for vandy standards they went to a bowl game that year lost 45 38 to baylor right um in, in kind of a shootout but that was the team kyle Shermer. that was kyle Shermer's uh final season yeah they had 24 touchdowns six interceptions you look at the skill position talent they ralph had webb that team huh was ralph webb the running back uh, they no Webb wasn't there, but that was Keyshawn Vaughn. Oh yeah, uh, who is who's in the league? Uh, mm-hmm. Cardi Blossom game, who's been a fullback in the NFL for a while. Uh, Kalijah Lipscomb, uh, who was a really good uh, SEC receiver for a minute, uh, was there. Jared Pinkney was a was an NFL tight end, I believe, for for a short amount of time. They had several dudes on that offense that ended up getting getting a shot at the NFL, and uh, you know, Shermer was a very efficient quarterback. So I think that's just kind of. The better years of Vanderbilt offense in your mind of the Mason era, Ludwig was there for those. And um, it, I think that's the style that, yeah. that makes the most sense for for Auburn and Harson and what he wants to do. So he's a name that makes sense. And also, I think you got to say Jeff Grimes also makes a lot of sense there as well just because of his connections. Sure, for sure. Um, whenever Auburn is about to hire a new OC, which has been every year for, for the last while. Um, yep. Do you get excited about that? Because I mean, I know you're a you're a film junkie and a scheme junkie, and and you love diving into that stuff. Do you look forward to okay, new offense that I get to learn, or is it okay? I'm doing this again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this one is going to be interesting because I believe whoever the next offensive coordinator is going to be, you at least will be able to say, oh, the Harson stuff. That kind of that kind of yeah. seems very similar. Um, so. Yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be good to get off season stuff in. Um, you know, right. that'll be a good that'll be a good uh, way to do like film room and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I think that's one of the things about it being kind of the off season, kind of taking a little bit of a step back. And you know, Auburn still got to play a ball game. Like we'll find out, you know, in a couple of days where right. where they're going to be playing and, and how early that will be, and um, kind of flipping the page there. But yeah, it's already everyone's already looking forward to twenty twenty two, and for good reason. Um, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of changes coming to this football program and that's what makes things interesting. I don't know if they're all going to work. Don't know if they're all going to fail, you know, but that's Auburn football for you. Right. Do you buy it all the, the Bo Nix drama, the rumors about how he's contemplating and I guess it's rumor. It may not even be rumor because I mean, he, he flat out said he was considering all options, but yeah. do, do you think it's a viable option that he, that he leaves? 
I do. I do. And, and I'm not saying it's a certainty and I'm not saying it's the probability. I'm just saying, you know, for a while I thought like, man, if he goes, if he goes, uh, if he's not Auburn's quarterback in 2022, he's probably have gone like to the league. And that was before the injury. Um, I think it's more likely now than I thought at the beginning that he might play somewhere else next year. Okay. And I'm not saying it's a, I'm not saying it's a certain one. I think it's, I think it could go either way, but anybody sitting there thinking, Oh, well, he'll definitely not leave Auburn. I was like, eh, no, I, I, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of fire to this smoke. I think uh, at this point, and that it's at least something that is being discussed. And, 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 and that's the other thing too, is it's like, there's a lot of shifting sands when it comes to, coaches and possible landing spots and quarterback destinations. Like the carousel for coaching and the carousel for transfers, like we don't know all the possibilities of where he could end up. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what all the possibilities look like of like, I think a lot of this might depend on who Auburn hires as often as uh, our Harson hires as his offense coordinator. So, right. um, But I think uh, be prepared for anything. I think is the best is the best way to look at it right now. If Bo Nix leaves, is yep. the starting quarterback in 2022 on the roster? Maybe. Um, I, I would be – if they if Bo Nix left, I don't think Auburn would go into the season with three scholarship quarterbacks. I think they would try to get somebody in the portal, like a TJ Finley, to like, hey, man, you can have a chance to compete to start. Um, there are a lot they, of really good quarterbacks in the portal right now. Right, yeah, um, for sure. And you might be able to pluck a starter quality one. And this is not to say anything – like, I think – with time and development, I think T.J. Finley could be a really good quarterback. I think Demetrius Davis could be a really good quarterback. I, I like Holden Garner's traits as well. But it's like if you're trying to win right now in 2022, are you better off with those guys or are you better off getting somebody with more experience? Because if Nick's leaves, you're losing a lot of that experience. And so that's what makes it all kind of really, really interesting. And, and the other thing about that is, is that this is a process. This is not necessarily that, boop, all right, he's gone. And like you know, now we got to bring somebody in immediately. I mean, Finley didn't arrive until the summer. Like, they're, they're, guys are going to yeah. come into the portal and, and get picked up throughout it. And maybe a quarterback, you want to have a little bit more pressure on it to get it done earlier. But, um, but the quarterback needs to be on the team in the spring, like that. That that is if definitely, at all possible. Right. If at all possible, right? Yeah. You don't want to have to rely on like a Nick Marshall situation. Um, but yeah, I think just that's, real uh, quick, Justin, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off the, the amount of people commenting on, on these YouTube videos and, I, and I'm just seeing this com- these comments all over the place. Auburn just needs to go get another quarterback like Nick Marshall. Yeah. They don't run an offense like that anymore. But also, even if you did like, you know how fluky that was, like, you know how like perfect that had to be for all of that. But yeah, well, it's like, I'm, yeah, let's just I'll go get it, another Nick Marshall. That'd be so easy I'll, to do. I'll put it I'll put it to you this way. I don't think Auburn fans would be over the moon if you said, hey, we're going to get a guy who played another position, and we got him out of JUCO, and he didn't throw the ball fairly efficiently, and he turned it over a lot, but he's got really good traits that he can run. Like, I don't think Auburn fans would be like, yep, that's it. We've got it. That's National a great point. Championship. Like, no, so that's what it's like. That's what made Nick Marshall so special. And uh-huh. that's not to knock Nick Marshall. That just shows – he, that was a perfect combination of player, scheme, opportunity, all those things comes together. This is not what they're running, right? Nope. Yeah, this is not the type of offense they're running anymore. And, like, I don't know if they're – like, is there a Nick Marshall in college football right now? I don't think so. Right. I, I, I don't think so. I think I think the really good quarterbacks now, even the really good dual threat ones, are guys who win with their arms more than their legs uh, still. So that's just kind of the way the game has gone. Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer, our guest today.
This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, we all know what we're talking about. Filled with so much holiday goodness with rich and decadent flavor, covered in chocolate. Uh, but amazingly low in calories, carbs, and fat, but very high in protein. It keeps you full. Um, but yeah, you can get the best of both worlds. Delicious and healthy. Built Bar comes in so many different flavors, and they have all kinds of holiday flavors out right now. Highly encourage it. Um, to check out our friends at built.com. They got flavors for everyone. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. And also, if you like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holiday, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, marshmallowy, and through and through. Delicious flavors all covered in chocolate. Taste so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Final few minutes on the Friday edition here on Locked on Auburn with our guest, Justin Ferguson. You mentioned Auburn basketball. I said this on the show yesterday, Jay Ferg, uh, recording after the game against um, against UCF, but watching Jabari Smith, it, just, it seems like basketball just comes easier to him than anyone yeah. else on the court. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a dude who has a chance to be, I think, at the at – the, bottom top five pick, I think most likely a top three pick. And people think he will, could be in the running for top top uh, number one overall pick. This He is the most talented player Auburn has had in at least 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've had some really good ones. And they've had some really good ones recently. But he is a unicorn. He is six foot ten, and he plays offense like a guard, but also can do all of the six foot ten guy stuff. And, and also works really, really hard on the defensive end. I think that might be the most underrated attribute about him. He is a great defender, and he works hard at it. And not every five-star kid is going to do that coming out, of, coming out of high school. They are not going to bust their tail on defense like he does. Um, it comes natural to him. It comes easy. He is a ton of fun. And Auburn fans, like, enjoy it because you're only going to have, like, 20-something more games left of this because right. he's – He's not going to be at Harvard next year. Uh, and everybody knew that coming in. But, uh, I mean, yeah, you're getting to watch somebody who is uh, going to be making a lot of money uh, in the NBA really soon. It has the potential, if you look at some of the player comps that he has right now, of guys that could you know, one day be like max player or all-star caliber players. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a long way off, but he's got the traits. Yeah, no, I, I think it's exciting. And I think Auburn needs a player like him. Because we've seen over the last 10 years, and I think fantasy football is a big part of this, but like Cam going not, uh, number one overall, like a lot more Auburn fans started following the NFL. And I, yeah. I think Cam is a yeah. big part of that. Um, you know, Isaac is fun and Sharif is fun. You know, Isaac's really the only one that's playing every night. But the, uh, you know, Auburn, Auburn fans don't care about the NBA, but if Jabari goes, Auburn fans will mm-hmm. care about the NBA just because he's going to be he's going to be one of those players that you've got to watch. Yeah, hundred percent. And and I think Isaac is an excellent NBA player to have because of his defense, but he's not going to be the guy who's like a highlight reel. He's not really Somebody's fun gonna... to watch in the sense of like 
you know, in, the, in this, you know, you're a Warriors fan, you know, the, the, that quick moving offense where they can shoot from anywhere at any moment. Like, that's not... Yeah. That's, he would fit in with the Warriors really well on defense. Uh, but, uh, that's yeah, that's it, it, he's he's that kind of guy. And, like, Jabari, whoever gets Jabari is going to pick them to be like, hey, maybe one day you'll be the best player we have on our team. That's right. And our number one scoring option. And that's something you haven't seen Auburn basketball produce at all. Um, and, uh, yeah, special player. And we're about to hit this little run. You saw it against UCF, and I think you're going to see it on Saturday against Yale. But again, in a little run where they're going to play against teams that cannot match with him size-wise. Yeah. Some undersized front courts that he's going to be able to take advantage of. And it's like, well, I'm 6'10", and I also shoot better than pretty much everybody out here. Um, and so that's that's a lot of fun to watch when he gets in that mode. The other, I mean, the other thing, the, it, the craziest stat, craziest stat from from the game on, on, on Wednesday night, I don't know if anybody – I put this in my observations. I think I might tweet it after I get done with this because it, it's something that's got – Jabari Smith scored more points than any other player on that on the floor between Auburn and UCF on Wednesday night. He played the ninth most minutes. Okay, the man's efficiency is stupid, yeah. uh, and, and and when he gets in, it's just it's you know it can be. There were a few possessions in that UCF game where I was like, well, you can't do anything with this. I'm going to be in the NBA one day, and you are you might play me in IT uh, at the end of the year. There was a play towards the end of the game. Where he's like standing at the three uh, three point line, and he like takes a jab step, and then in one step he just like underhands and like finger rolls it in, and mm-hmm. it's just like how do you guard that? There's nothing yeah. UCF could have done to do that, and we've nothing. seen Auburn dudes do that in the past, but it's like there wasn't the certainty that it was gonna go in. You know what I mean? Right. It, it just looked yeah. so easy. He wasn't stressed at all about it. Like it was such a simple move for him. Right, physically. JT Thor was very similar yeah. where it was like, Oh man, that, that dude's covering a lot of ground in a quick amount of time. But Thor is not as polished of a player for a lot of different reasons. And he was more of like a project and an athlete. And that's why the NBA was like, yes, we'll take you right now. Yeah, um, right. Whereas Jabari Smith, I mean, his dad played played in the league. His uncle was, was the number one overall pick or sorry. His cousin was the number one overall pick. Um, you know, he's been around the game his entire life and he's been playing at a really, really high level. So it's like, yeah, I get all the freak show stuff about me, but he's not like the – there's so many guys like the Giannis's mm-hmm. and um, the uh, the really good example um, of this. I, I think Chris Tops is kind of like a, a good example, but there's some other ones. Um, I'm blanking on a couple of them right now. But, like, these guys that are like, oh, I was really, really big and I played basketball late, and it all just started kind of clicking for me. His is, is like I've been playing basketball my whole life, and I get all this stuff as well, and that's what makes him kind of a freak, like yeah, he, like a, like he, a Kevin Durant, kind of like an Anthony Davis as well. Yeah, I mean he's done that move ten thousand times, and you can tell this is like okay, yeah. he he, his, he knows what it's supposed to feel like. His ability to just say, "Well, I'm going to shoot this now," um, is like that confidence to go and get his own shot. You don't usually get that in six ten guys, and you usually don't get that out of Auburn basketball players, right? At least not in the front court. No, um, I mean that's so, a special thing. It's very NBA, very NBA talent uh, kind of pops off. And the other aspect of his game that I love so much is he has Trash that. Talk. Yeah, give me all of that. It's tee him up as many times as you want. I don't care. I love Good. it. It's worth it. Um, give him the few points. It's totally worth it. The um, the balance of being selfless and also yep. being dominant because it's like a few years ago when you know Chuma. Chuma wasn't technically a lottery pick, right? He, was, he missed it by a few. He right? missed it by one. But it's like, you know, Chuma is an early pick. It's like Auburn finally gets an early pick, and it's like, well, 
Chuma was pretty selfless. And like during yeah. that during that final four run, he figured it out and he took over a little bit more than unfortunately obviously he got hurt. But you know, then Isaac comes in and we pretty much knew all season Isaac was gonna be a top ten pick. Maybe not top five, but we knew he, he would be top ten. And it's like, man, Auburn finally got this surefire lottery pick. And at times it just it doesn't seem like he wants the basketball. And no, he it, was there to distribute and play defense. Yeah, but now Auburn's got a lottery pick that wants the basketball and wants the opportunity to take over. And there's just, you know, they both obviously have a huge impact, but you know, offensively, I mean, it's just it's just night and day difference. Yeah, and they're still trying to figure out things with their half court offense. And I think some of this, and you saw it on Wednesday night, is some of your best half court offense might be like, oh, Jabari will figure it out. It's like, yeah. usually you don't want to do that. You usually don't want to do that with a, with a guy, especially a freshman, but when he's 6'10", and, like, he's the best player on the floor every time he steps out there, I, you know, you, you can live with that. Yeah, you, you can live with the growing pains. There's no question about it. Um, Jay Ferg, where uh, where can people find all of your stuff, bud? AuburnObserver.com. Sign up, six hours a month, $60 a year. Everything we do gets emailed to your inbox. Uh, several newsletters a week, a couple podcasts a week as well. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time, as always. We will be back on Monday. We may have a ton of news to talk about. Have no idea. No idea. We may have to re-record this. I, I have no idea. But we'll see. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 